0: In the Green Room is an ASU alumni has covered MLB since 1986, chairman of the Baseball Writers Association for Arizona, and currently with USA Today. I'm excited to welcome Bob Nightingale to our podcast.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Michelle.
0: Um, since you've been covering baseball since 1986, exactly how many games is that?
1: Wow, maybe five, 6,000. <laughs> a lot of games. Yeah, so you're talking about a. Uh, to do game season, obviously, I don't, I don't go to 162. But, you know, when you count uh, playoff games, you know, that's about, you know, 2025 in October plus spring training – you yeah, know, now you're talking almost like 200 times, a, uh, almost 200 games a season, you know, times uh, what? Eight? <laughs> you know, So 1986, we're talking almost, you know, 33, 34 years. I went to ASU, but I, I think that's over 6,000 games.
0: <laughs> that's a lot of games to cover. After 6,000 games, is it fair to say you have a favorite team?
1: No, you always suit for the favorite story. Uh, the one thing, too, is, even though lead changes are exciting for the fans and players and everything else, lead changes are a nightmare for baseball writers. Because all of a sudden, you're ripping up your story on deadline, scrambling. You hear more swearing uh, in a press box and a lead change at any time in your life. You know, people ready to punch your computers. So those things, you're, you root for a great story. Hey, some guy goes four for four, hits a few home runs. Hey, you, you root for that type of thing. You root for a great performance because that makes it more fun to write about. And the fans like that better, too.
0: So what is your favorite story all time? Favorite story you ever wrote?
1: You know, the uh, I covered Bo Jackson when he first broke in. I had a relationship with him like no other baseball writer. It was fun hanging out with him and getting to know him. I remember in Boston, we must have sat and had breakfast for three hours. And he kind of told his whole life story, you know, including always those commercials, Spo knows this, Spoh knows that people think, oh, he's cocky because he's talking third person. Well, he had a bad stuttering problem growing up, and so did when he uh, got to the big leagues, so he could never use the word I. He could not say I without stuttering. So it was always both. You know, those, tra- those type of stories, you know, stories with the uh, George Brett and his family where his dad had never seen him play in person, because he always thought that George was just kind of a uh, a beach bum, you know, just kind of going through school going through motions, where the dad had put all this time and energy in Ken Brett. He's passed away, but Ken Brett was a young pitching star for the Boston Red Sox so he never thought in a million years that his son would turn out to be one of the best ballplayers the game has ever seen.
0: What's that story that you hated to write?
1: Uh, you, you hate to write the real negative stories sometimes you have to. Uh, you know whether people blasting away a manager you know, owner with the players the players upset with it, a guy or even two players that you happen to both like and neither can stand each other so they're both ripping each other. So those type of stories can make it more difficult trying to find a middle group Around there, knowing that nobody's gonna be happy.
0: Okay, let's move ahead. Maybe I don't know thousand games. Everybody keeps trying to predict <laughs> yeah. when the 2020 baseball season's going to start. I want to jump over that mystery date and see what baseball can expect. Let's start with the draft. The NFL is going ahead with a new version of the draft, kind of a virtual version. What can we expect if we get to do an MLB draft?
1: What's well, funny, the NFL now was doing the draft like baseball it used to do it. Baseball was back in the dark ages, so until. Uh... Uh, Mike Trout was a rookie. That was our first year they actually had it on TV. So they would just do a conference call among GMs and, uh, and scouting directors and do the draft that way. And for a while it was kept secret for like the first three days because they were uh, you know trying to negotiate with these kids and they want to know the colleges. They didn't want the colleges to know who they were uh, drafting and selecting. So this year was going to be very unique. They were moving the draft to the College World Series site in Omaha, Nebraska. And so all the college kids could be there and watch themselves get uh, drafted and high-five and have everybody around for interviews. I thought it was a you know brilliant move. And obviously now that's canceled. Now they're going to have a draft sometime between June 10th and July 20th. But instead of the usual 40 rounds, they have negotiated where it could be as little as five rounds. I believe it'll be 10 rounds, but five rounds. So then a lot of kids cannot sign for anything more than a $20,000 signing bonus.
0: That'll really change the way the draft looks for the minor leagues.
1: Yeah. So just a, uh, you know, the, the minor leaguers are probably better off, than a better chance for job security at least for a year because that, that main new kid now will, will go into the professional ranks in the minor leagues. So we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, next year, they can move it back to 20 rounds, which makes more sense. But I think just, they thought that the draft would just gain too long and cumbersome. At one point, it used to be unlimited. So there was a year that the Yankees drafted 100 players. <laughs> that record will never be broken.
0: Well, let's jump to, you know, some of the things that we are going to change this year with the draft. The L.A. Dodgers traded some of their top prospects for Moki if there's no season can they rescind that trade
1: no I'm sure they'd like to they'd love to if there's no season so it's almost like he made the trade for nothing and they gave away Alex Verdugo a nice young uh, outfielder and a couple of prospects so now Boston and Boston was getting crushed for trading away Mookie Betts and David Price now it looks like it's a stroke of genius because you get those players for nothing and Mookie's a free agent depth in the year so it's very possible that here's Mookie Betts trade to the Dodgers never plays a single day for him and leaves so so for Dodger fans, this, this is crushing right now because you know they've been the two of the last three World Series, uh, have not won a World Series since Kurt Gibson in nineteen eighty-eight. And and this team was built to win it all. And all of a sudden, you know, that goes away.
0: And I watched the spring training fans' reaction to the Astros. What happens to the suspension for the Houston Astro executives if there's no season?
1: Well, it still counts, just like for the players, you know, it still counts as service time. So a manager like A.J. Hinch was to spend the entire season and later fired, but he may not miss a thing. He could get rehired by someone else in 2021. Same with the uh, GM, Jeff Luno, you know, could be back in action. Uh, Alex Cora got fired by the Red Sox. So who knows, maybe we see him reemerge in 21. The one thing this pandemic does is when we do have baseball, at least for the outset, we're not gonna have any fans. So if you don't have any fans, there's gonna be no one to boo the Houston Astros. Everybody was worrying about the Astros, how they were gonna handle it, thinking it was just gonna be a complete nightmare. For them emotionally, and now with no fans, is perfect for them. And you know, sweet silence uh, of doing their jobs and being a good team. It helps them big time. Do you
0: think they'll really though? I mean, honestly, when they come back, do you think the emotion will be over it? But I don't know. I, I think if I was a fan, I'd still be mad. Well,
1: you can be mad, but if you scream, you sit at home and scream at your TV set. They can't hear you. So with with the, with the season opening, no fans, unless there's a uh, you know. <laughs> Players from another team booing for fun of it. That's all they're going to hear. No concession workers, nothing. We're going to have silence, and it's going to be very, very strange if baseball does reopen just to see games without fans. And I know they're talking about in the other sports too. That'll be very eerie.
0: Explain the Cactus League, the Grapefruit League idea. Does it have any merit at all?
1: Well, I think it has more merit than the Phoenix plan. The Phoenix plan is you have 30 teams all in Phoenix. You know, there's 10 spring training sites, there's Chase Field, the Arizona Diamondbacks play, Phoenix. Muni, where Arizona State plays. So you can use those facilities, but the plan is almost to be quarantined, like almost like you're living in a bubble. So all the players would have to go straight from the ballparks back to the hotel without seeing any family, visitors, what have you. What's, what's the odds of that? So someone's saying, hey, I want to go see my girlfriend. I want to see my family. And players aren't in favor of that. They don't want to play without their families. You know, there's Mike Trout, the best player of baseball's wife's due in, uh, August. He's not going to be away from her. Now uh, The Grip Food uh, Cactus League plans are everybody goes to their own spring training sites. So now you're talking about the teams in Florida, too. And also you got now a, a 26 fields to choose from, two more dome stadiums, so one in Tampa, one in Miami. So now all of a sudden, 26 overall to choose from. Everybody's comfortable in their own confines. But again, the question is, without any fans and without a vaccine available, can they do testing for all these players all the time? And as baseball said, you know, both Rob Manford and the union chief, Tony Clark, say, we're not going to do this unless testing's available for the public. Just how bad the optics will look. Like, okay, here's million dollar ball players and billion dollar owners on getting tests whenever they want. The regular public can't. They won't do that unless everybody can uh, have testing.
0: The question becomes then, how do you motivate guys? They came to spring training and they were in shape. They had planned for that. They, you know, baseball is a hit and, and catch kind of a game. They had the opportunity to start ramping up. It's kind of like the Olympics. They they planned to peak to. Make the teams. Now you've had teams that have had complete a lockdown. How do those guys come back and have you in any kind of shape to start whenever MLB starts?
1: Well, you're almost going to have to start over again. You know, the one big difference is people don't talk about enough is when these guys show up in spring training, yeah, they're pretty much in shape. They've been working out all winter and, and doing this at their personal gyms, public gyms. Now, with all these uh, fitness centers and facilities being closed, there's no place to work out. There's no stay in this open, there's no spring training. Site that's open. So unless you happen to have a home gym, you know you're missing a lot of that stuff. You can play catch with the uh, you know buddies in the neighborhood. You know maybe uh, one of your teammates happens to live close by. You can do that, but it's just not the same. So if baseball does get to go ahead, they're going to have to all return to spring training and have at least three week spring training camp, probably with expanded rosters to prevent injuries, and go from there.
0: What's the chance of the games being played at neutral sites, including the World Series?
1: Yeah, it's just a uh, it, it just depends on where this pandemic it goes, I, I think it's almost impossible to play games at their own home ballpark just because, you know, you've had governors of uh, in centers of like in New York and Illinois and uh, California saying, hey, we're not going to have any ball, uh, ball games or uh, events or concerts up until, you know, around November. You can't play unless all the stadiums are open. So now it brings you to the spring training sites. We'll see. I go back and forth almost every day thinking, okay, they'll try to squeeze some games in or there'll be no season at all. I think what we may have been See is as if, if this hopefully you know wanes, is maybe some kind of abbreviated uh, schedule, like in beginning in August or even September with a tournament, have like a round robin tournament or or a March Madness, like you do with NCAA basketball, call it October, November Madness for Baseball. So it'll be a season like we've never seen before if they can ramp up.
0: But what does that do to next year? So they you know they you hear them talking about we'll just lengthen the season. So instead of it being capsulated in 2020, if they extend the season, what does that do? Due to 2021
1: well that's a big issue is they want to make sure that it does not impact 2021 you know which it could impact the nhl could back the nba because their season's already started their regular season's almost over so they keep pushing the playoffs back it's going to impact their, their next season baseball wants to make sure they don't do that so their thing is hey we're going to wrap this thing up by say thanksgiving weekend you know that will be fine that way we can still do spring training regularly and, and all that but the one thing they don't want to do and with the weather too you know. You you can't play until Christmas or December. You know, something like that. It's just a, uh, too much. I mean, besides, You know, it's cold weather. You're not going to be playing in Minnesota and New York and Chicago. Those sort of things. So you'd have to play at, you know, neutral sites or dome stadiums. I think from where everything I've heard is the latest Let go is uh, late November.
0: Let's switch gears here since we have a lot of SOS folks. Let's talk about what the game may look like. The arrival of 5G, which now allows gambling. How is baseball adapting to real-time gambling?
1: Well, baseball is accepted. This. at least the uh, commissioner's office has. They have an agreement now with uh, MGM, and their plan this year was to have annual general manager meetings every year in Las Vegas, and have the award show at the same time. So the M- managers of the year, the rookies of the year, MVPs, and Cy Youngs would all be announced in Las Vegas every single year. Some of these new ballparks have talked about even having betting windows at the ballpark. You know, people cell phone even now you can do live in-time live gambling during a game. You know how the odds switch depending on who's winning late in the game. At some point, you can probably even bet whether the pitch is going to be a ball or a strike. Certainly, what the batter does is going to increase revenue big time in baseball. The fear of it, of course, umpires and players is like, well, if someone makes a bad call or someone has a bad game, now that gambling's involved, you don't want all kinds of threats and things like that. But baseball is a this. obviously with the uh, 5G and everybody having their uh, smartphones, you're going to see a lot of gambling inside
0: stadiums. Do you think that virtual reality will become more prevalent for people to watch the games with the 5G delivery? Literally, they can watch the game games happening in their backyard because there's still a lot of social distancing going on in the stadiums. Is that a possibility?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we'll see, you know, already you can watch games on your smartphones, you know, using the uh, ML, MLB.com app and people do that. I mean, with the better network, G, now people can, you know, walk around when you're grocery shopping, grabbing groceries in one hand and look at your phone on the other hand and watch the games with great view. Yeah, I, I think this whole pandemic could really hurt baseball attendance for, for a lot of years. And maybe people say, you know what, I kind of like sitting at home, watching on my phone, having a couple of beers, and sitting by the pool, you know, that sort of thing. But I think, you know, it opens up a whole new world where everybody, I think, is going to be watching more games now on their smartphones using 5G than sitting back and watching on their TV set.
0: What does that do to the overall economics of baseball as far as being able to have that experience at home versus the time and effort that it takes to go to a stadium and have that experience?
1: Well, right now, baseball, they had about 10 and a half, Seven billion dollars in revenue last year. And they said about over $3 billion of that. So about, about a third was generated from revenue inside stadiums. So the fans uh, paying tickets, the concessions, the parking, things like that. And all of a sudden, if there's no fans in the stands, and that wipes out 30-40% of, of the gates. So that's why uh, gambling will be important to baseball. Baseball's going to take a huge hit no matter what happens this year with that loss of revenue. But even in the future, the fewer fans that come to those games Games, they're going to have to make up for that loss somehow.
0: Is there the possibility that the stadiums could eventually start getting smaller?
1: Well, teams are trying to, the teams are building stadiums now, they're all smaller. So they want more of a demand for tickets. Even in, in Phoenix at Chase Field, that thing is way too big. So whenever they get in the ballpark or if they uh, remodel their own ballpark, they want it to cut down to be at 20,000 seats. Pittsburgh is in the mid 30s now. They said their old stadium, 55,000 seats. But just want to create larger demand for tickets. Tickets, and instead of saying, you know what, I can just walk in any day I want and grab a ticket, they want people to be starting for uh, season tickets.
0: So it sounds like in the short term and the long term that baseball is going to have a whole new look.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think the tennis will take a, a big hit for years from this. Uh, certainly, this year will dip, different look and They're going to try different things. I mean, now they're even talking about micing up players during games. If a player's not playing, he can be in the broadcast booth or even sitting in the uh, in the dugout, kind of helping out as a color commentator. You know, trying to get more of the young fans in. Interested. They're going to have to try all kinds of gimmicks this year to see what works.
0: Does that hurt uh, what the coaches are trying to do on the field when you start engaging with players and taking, you know, their eye off of what's happening on the game and more about the social interaction that they're trying to create with fans?
1: Well, certainly it could uh, create a distraction. I mean, you're trying to get someone's attention. He's talking to the booth. Hey, you want this guy to pinch it? There he is on the end talking to uh, you know Joe Buck in the broadcast booth. So yeah, it could create a, a problem. I'm sure there will be issue at some point. Like, Hey guys, you know, pay attention to the game here. What you're saying on, on TV. These gimmicks, you know, will have some problems or could jeopardize uh some things for sure. Especially some of these old school managers saying, you know what, let those other guys do that stuff. You know, we're not gonna do it.
0: Wow. So they you could have some teams that were incredibly engaged and some teams that won't have anything to do with it.
1: Yeah, you have that now, even you know, in, in all sports, like Greg Popovich, the San Antonio Spurs coach, is famous for doing you know quick 10 second interviews during uh breaks where some where son can be engaging uh, in baseball Joe mad and is very engaging where some other managers you know just give a quick answer you know like in joe Girardi, let me get back to work so yeah it just depends too on on personalities
0: hey thanks bob for taking the time to join us here in the green room you can always catch more of bob nightingale and his opinion in the usa today or on his twitter for real-time reaction to everything baseball
1: thank you my pleasure